Hello, hello, hello. The All Nuts Are Off podcast is back. And today we're going to talk about the 2021 Hall of Fame class, DeAndre Jordan, Mark Gasol swap for the Lakers, and my top 10 point guards entering the 2022 NBA season. We've reached that point in the offseason where we talk about top 10 lists. So every week from now on, on top of whatever usual stuff I will talk about, I'm going to throw in my top 10 for positions, right? I'll have top 10 point guards today, top 10 shooting guards next week, small forwards, power forward centers, and then I will compile a top 50 list, and that should lead us right into the NBA season-ish. Uh, the top 50, right, It's gonna that's going to be tough. I'll probably tweet it on the Honest or Off account. There's no way I'm going to you know read off that whole top 50, or at least not as in-depth as I'd go in for these top 10s. I'm already going to explain it enough. I think it'll, I think it'll make sense when we get there. But I'm going to start off with the Hall of Fame class because that feels like the most relevant. Actually, I'll start off with the DJ Gasol thing because that's the the thing I want to talk about least. So let's just get out of the way. Uh, I hate this move. I hate this move. The Lakers swap Mark Gasol for DeAndre Jordan. I know I already kind of talked about it last time, but now it's like official. Mark Gasol got traded to Memphis, which if he does end up retiring, I know that Woj said that he's going to like go to Spain or stay in Spain for now, right? So... I don't know. That means he's going to come back mid-season and join a team or whatever. But if Marcus Hall does retire, I do kind of like this ending for him, where like he started his career getting traded to the Grizzlies and ends up getting traded to the Grizzlies. But otherwise, like everything else about it just sucks. It sucks that we signed him to be our starting center, and then the Lakers insisted on playing Drummond and Harrell over him, even though he's better than both of them. And then. Like, they bring in DeAndre Jordan, who's also worse than him, to play over him, and they just get rid of him. Now, there are some things we don't know here. I don't know if Marc Gasol was just like, yo, you know, I just I want to retire. I don't want to be here anymore. And that's why they did this DeAndre Jordan thing. Or the flip side is that the Lakers were like, you know, Marc Gasol, we don't like the high net rating we saw from you in your three-point shooting or your passing. We, we didn't like that stuff. So we're going to bring in DeAndre Jordan instead. We're not going to know you know, until, like, something comes out, if ever, what the real answer is. But either way, this sucks. It sucks a little bit less if it was Gasol saying he wants to retire because then it's like, what else are you supposed to do? But it does suck because I think DeAndre Jordan is going to be uh, terrible on defense because he's washed, and he's going to be pretty useless on offense because all he can do is catch lobs, really, maybe get some offensive rebounds and, like, clog up spacing. We're already short on spacing because now – Without Mark Gasol, unless Anthony Davis starts at center, which I sincerely doubt, the starting lineup is going to be Westbrook, someone, a shooting guard, I don't know who, doesn't matter. Could be Wayne Ellington, right? Let's just say Wayne Ellington, you know. He's the best shooter on the team. So Westbrook, Wayne Ellington, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and then Howard or Jordan. That spacing sucks. The center can't shoot at all. Anthony Davis is like an okay shooter sometimes. LeBron can shoot. Yeah, but, like, you know, you don't really want him, like, spawning up on, like, that's not, like, his role. You know, you don't want him doing that. And Westbrook can't shoot. So, like, what, how, how, how are the Lakers going to score, right? I get, like, Davis, Westbrook, LeBron, those are great finishers. Whoever the center is is going to be a good finisher. But it's just going to be five people in the paint the entire, or four people in the paint, because whoever's guarding Wayne Ellington will just stay on him, because there's already enough people in the paint. I don't know. I have concerns, but we'll get to those later on. We have other things to talk about today. I just wanted to bitch a little bit about this. So the Hall of Fame class, uh, it's not as star-studded, you know, as the last one we just had, like a few months ago, the 2021 with Kobe, Duncan, and Garnett. You know, that one was, like, legendary. That's one of the best Hall of Fame classes ever. Um, 
But this is still like a pretty good Hall of Fame class. And what I like about this class is it includes two players who have been eligible for a while and haven't hadn't gotten in. And I was worried about them because I was like, they're like better than a lot of Hall of Famers. Like, why are they not in the Hall of Fame yet? But they made it. And those two players I'm talking about are Ben Wallace and Chris Webber. If you don't know, Ben Wallace was probably the best defensive player of his generation. Like, you know, like the early, mid-2000s. Well, maybe, right? I mean, Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, actually. These are legit. But Ben Wallace, like, he's, like, right there. Uh, and he has more depoys than both of them combined, which honestly kind of goes to show that these regular season awards are worthless. Like, Garnett has one, and Duncan has zero. And Wallace has four. Right, Wallace is an all-time defender. I'm not trying to, like, shit on Wallace here. That's not the point of this. I just... I'll do a, an award rant later. An award rant uh, but here are his accolades. He won a championship. He was the best player on that team. Like, there's a reason they fell off when Ben Wallace left for the Bulls. Like, he he's the main reason they won that championship. I don't care if Billups won the Finals MVP. That was like a Tony Parker Finals MVP. You know, we know Duncan was the best player on those seven Spurs. Four time Defensive Player of the Year, which is the most ever. I think only Matumbo has as many. Uh, Four time All Star, three time All NBA Second Team, two time Third Team. With five all-defensive first teams and a second team, led the league in rebounding twice, and led the league in blocks once. Like, his stats don't look good, right? Because it's, like, average of, like, five points per game, ten rebounds, two blocks. But all-time defender, very deserving of the Hall of Fame. Uh, Chris Webber also. I don't know what took him so long. With Wallace, it's more understandable because, like, his resume isn't, like, as amazing as Webber's, like, Robert was the best player on a arguably should have been championship team with the 2002 Sacramento Kings. He made an NBA first team, was an all-star five times. Only, wow, only five times. You really think it was more. Weber was, like, right up there with the best power forwards in the league. You know, like, he wasn't, like, as good as Duncan and Garnett, but and Nowitzki wasn't quite as good in that yet. He didn't, like, break out more until, like, 2002, 3-ish when Weber was kind of on the way down. But... Weber was like, he was right there. He was really good. Uh, he had, has an All-NBA first team, three All-NBA second teams, an All-NBA third team, Rookie of the Year, another league in rebounding ones. Wow, I did not know that. Weber does not. I don't think of Weber as a rebound. I think of him as a scorer. Career averages of 21 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. That's nuts, man. Like, I doubt there's more than, like, five or six players with career averages like that. What is that, 21? Here, let me find it right now. Because that's actually insane. Yeah, Chris Webber, very worthy. And also, right, he was on the Fab Five, right, a really great college team. I know, like, he had the the timeout moment, and that kind of is like a stain on his legacy, quote-unquote. But I don't think things can, like, push you further down the rankings. I think you can only go up, right? You start at zero, and everything is either positive or just doesn't add to your legacy at all. So I think just being on that great team, like, helps Webber. I don't think he should be, like discounted for making that mistake, you know. Averages of at least 20 points, 9 rebounds. Because I'm really curious about this. Now I wish I did this beforehand, but I didn't. So, oh well. Points, 9.5 rebounds, and 4 assists. I have a few names that come to mind, but let's see how many players have done this. Oh, oh my god. Oh, whoops, I searched this the wrong way. I, I searched individual seasons matching this. I was like, why are there so many? 
that. This needs to be career averages. There we go. Five. Five players in NBA history have averages of 20.5, 9.5, and 4 for their careers. So obviously Chris Webber at 20.7, 9.8, and 4.2. Billy Cunningham, Sixers legend, 20.8, 10.1, and 4. Larry Bird with 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Elgin Baylor, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. And Wilt Chamberlain, 30 points, 23 rebounds, 4 assists. That is some crazy company. And Weber was the only one not in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, Wilt, Elgin, Larry, and Cunningham retired way before Weber did. You know, all of them retired before Weber even entered the league, actually. But it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad Weber made the Hall of Fame. The other two were more obvious inclusions. In fact, Chris Bosh would have been in the Hall of Fame a year ago, or quote-unquote a year ago, whatever. In the 2020 class, if it wasn't so stacked, they wanted to make it like just those like, you know, the th- those three top 15-ish players ever. Because Bosch isn't that. But Bosch is really good. And he probably has the best... Mm, no, no. I think maybe Paul Pierce has a better... Paul Pierce is probably better all-time than Chris Bosch. But Bosch and Pierce are, like, on a different tier than Wallace and Weber, I think. At least in terms of, like, their career, like, accolades. Uh, You know, if you want to argue peaks, we can do that another time. Like, peak Weber is definitely better than peak Bosch. I'm not even going to, like, pretend to argue that. But Bosch's resume speaks for itself. Two-time champion on the big three Heat teams. 11-time All-Star, which is a lot. 11 in a row. Like, not many players can say that. Like, it doesn't feel like Boston 11-time All-Star, but he is. It's because he only has one All-NBA team. He made the second team in 2007, and that's it. He was on those shitty Raptors teams. You know, like, Bosch, he just he couldn't really get them to the playoffs that much, even in the weak East. And that kind of is a... Quote unquote, sale on his resume and his totals, right? They're kind of underwhelming because his career was cut so short. You know, I mean, he did play like 13 years, but I don't know. It's kind of short like 17,000 points, 7,000 rebounds, career averages of 19 and 8. Like, those are good numbers. Very well deserved. He was uh, very important for the Miami Heat, you know, letting him be able to like have five out, let LeBron and Wade drive, Chris Bosch shooting and embracing that tertiary role. Super important. I think he has a gold medal. Right? Because those also matter. He does. 2008. Good stuff. And then Paul Pierce, who was probably the headliner for this. You know, 15 years with the Celtics. 2008 Finals MVP. 10-time All-Star. 4-time All-NBA. 1-second team for the third teams. A rookie team. A 3-point champion. And, yeah, 26,000 points. Like, whoo! That is a lot, man. Paul Pierce played for a long time. 19 years in the league. Good stuff, you know. Can't disrespect Paul Pierce, even though I don't, like, love Paul Pierce. You know, he's not my favorite player or anything, him being a Celtic and all, but really great player. And, you know, you knew he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he retired. Like, anybody who thought otherwise is, like, hitting themselves. Uh, If I had to rank these four players, I would go Pierce number one, Weber number two, and then Bosch and then Wallace. I think that's how I'd rank them. Because like if I was if I was drafting a team, right, I'd probably pick them in that order too. Maybe I'd pick Weber over Pierce, but the other ones would stay the same. I think offense is a little bit more important than defense, right? And I think honestly, right, Wallace was a defense only player, and then you have Bosch who could play defense, Pierce could play defense, and Weber could play defense. You know, they weren't like defensively inept. While Wallace was like pretty offensively inept, 
So I definitely think he's the worst of the crew, but you know he's still a worthy Hall of Famer, and this is a good class because those classes were just like the people on the and it's like oh they made the Hall of Fame, but yeah these four players are legit and obviously there's other people who just made the Hall of Fame you know like the, but I think these are the only NBA players who made I know Bill Russell got in as a coach, and really late like they really risked like he could have died before now like I can't believe they waited this long. I want to make sure there aren't any other um, NBA players I'm missing. I think it's just those four. If there is anyone else, then I apologize. Let me see. Let me see. They headline this class. Is there anyone else? Any other NBA players? I'm just like WNBA and stuff, but this is this is an NBA pod, so I'm not going to talk about them. Sorry. Da 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 da. Okay, no. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, never mind. So, yeah. These are the guys, and uh, congratulations to them, to uh, Ben, Chris, Chris, and Paul. Huh, very, very generic names. Oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. It says Bob Dandridge was elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2021, but he's not on this thing, right? Because I, I remember seeing something about Bob Dandridge, and so I'm not sure which class he's really in. So, I'm just going to talk about him a little bit, too. Why not? He deserves some love. If you don't know who Bob Dandridge is, he was on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Bucks back in the early 70s. And he was on the Washington Bullets that won a championship in 79. Let me check. I don't know if 78 or 79. Uh, 78. 79 was the Sonics then. So, yeah, he played with Wes on Southern Alvin Hayes on that team. And he played with Kareem and Oscar on the Bucks, so he won two titles, made four All Star teams, an All NBA second team, and an All Defensive first team. Good stuff from Bob Dandridge. But see, this is what I'm talking about, right? Like Bob Dandridge, like he's a pretty good player, but if the Basketball Hall of Fame had real standards, Bob Dandridge would not be in the Hall, right? Like, you know, it's just the Baseball Hall of Fame has it right. Where they might even be a little too stingy, but they have more, more players. Like I think the NBA like should have their own Hall of Fame and make it like pretty stingy. You know, I think that would be cool. Like every year, let in like four to six players or something, and that's it. You know, and you should retroactively right take you know the top, I don't know twenty five players ever or something and put them in the hall. I think it should be a pretty small hall. I don't like the way it is now. But regardless, based on what the Hall of Fame is right now, I think Bob Dandridge does deserve to be there. But he would not be the worst player in this group. And I'm not just saying that because he's old. Like His resume really just doesn't stack up like the rest of them. He has the least amount of all-star appearances. His longevity is not great. Like Even like it's worse than Bosch's. And, you know, most of his career was a role player. You know, four-time all-star in a 12-year career. Like He's good, but yeah. Okay. So now, let's get on to, I guess, the main event. Uh, the top 10 point guards in the league. According to me, right, this is not a fact. This is my opinion. So if you disagree, that is fine. Because your list can be different and we can both be, I guess, right in our own ways. There's no right or wrong answers. Um, I'm going to start at number 10. At number 10, I have John Morant. John Morant really broke out this year in the playoffs. I think I think his regular season was kind of 
uh, hurt by injuries, so he didn't really get to show out, you know? Like, how Zion really improved from year one to year two. Morant didn't really get that chance because he got hurt really early on. But come playoff time, right, like, he was amazing. He was great in the play-in. He was great in those other... Like, the Wizards Warriors played each other, like, another time in the regular season right before that, and he was great. So, I have to put Morant here, like... Even though he's not a good shooter, like Ben Simmons, like he's still like aggressive as a scorer, can get to the rim, finish, and he's so young, you know. So he's only bound to improve, and he's still like he's got like pretty good core vision as well. Athletic, like super fun to watch. Like he makes the Grizzlies watchable, you know. Like the rest of the Grizzlies, like I could take him or leave him, you know. Don Brooks, JJJ, I like Sloma, but Morant's the real deal. At number nine. Not a lot of people are talking about this player anymore. I don't know why, but I feel like people just forgot Kyle Lowry existed. He's my ninth point guard in the league. And he's still great, you know? He's kind of like... He's kind of like what Malcolm Brogdon like, should hope to become. I think Malcolm Brogdon could be like Kyle Lowry one day. Like, Lowry, great defensive player still. Pretty good shooter. Can score on the rim. Smart passer. Can play on or off the ball. You know, he doesn't really have many flaws besides his size, right? He's not as elite at really any of these skills as all the players in front of him. Like, not all the players in front of him are better than Lowry, everything. But Lowry is better than probably every player on this list at something. But he's not the best on this list at anything. You know, he's more like more well-rounded rather than like, oh, excels at this. So that's why he's kind of lower. He's also old, so he could really fall off at any moment. Like, last season was not amazing for him, right? He kind of, like, fell off a little bit, but not enough to take him off the top 10 for me. But there is a possibility that after next year, he won't be a top 10 point guard in many people's eyes, right? Because like, last year, he was kind of like a borderline all-star level player, but he that might have been his last year like that, you know? So we'll see how he does in Miami. Uh, number eight, I have De'Aaron Fox, which kind of just goes to show how good the point guard position is. Um, I also, I kind of have these in tiers. I wanted to address that. So, uh, Morant and Lowry are in tier. So, those two are kind of interchangeable for me. And then I have eight and seven in a tier, right? So, Fox and this next player. Like, those two are going to be interchangeable for me. And then I'll have um, six and five and four in a tier. And then three, two, and one are each their own tiers as well. So most and within the top ten, the tiers are pretty small, right? I'm not gonna have like a tier of four players or anything, but I'll, I will go over this again. So Darren Fox, right? One of the best finishing point guards in the league. You know, he's kind of like young Westbrook, but he just doesn't dunk as much. Um, also, a better shooter. Uh, his defense could use some work, but Darren Fox is really nice, super fun. You know, uh, he's he's like better John Morant. That's probably a better comparison. But they don't really play that similarly either, other than that they're both fast and love getting to the rim. You know, Fox makes the Kings relevant, but even with Fox, they can't make the playoffs. They're just a disaster. I'm really sad he extended there. He needs to get out of there. Uh, and at number seven, the guy I have him kind of interchangeably with is Russell Westbrook. Last year, to start the year, Westbrook looked so bad. I thought he was completely washed. But in that second half of the year, Westbrook was, like, amazing, carrying the Wizards to the playoffs. People think the Wizards are still going to be good this year, like, no, no, they're not. They're like, the Dinwiddie drop-off isn't that big, and they added all this depth. Bro, stop, stop. The Wizards are going to be trash. They're going to win, like, 33 games, and they're going to suck. I know what you're thinking. They won 34 games last year. That wasn't a shortened season. This year, 
with more hype around them, they're gonna win thirty three games max. You know, they might they might win like twenty seven. Uh, I I wouldn't pick them to win that low. That that's kind of low, but I could see it. It's more likely they'll win twenty seven games than hit forty. That's all I'll say. And number six, I have Chris Paul, player who could have won Finals MVP this past season, had the Suns not choked in Game Six and Five. And maybe four. I don't remember which game is which anymore. It's been too long. But there were a couple. Game five for sure. And then I think four or six. I think one of those was close. Chris Paul, he's still a point guard. Kind of like Lowry. He doesn't really have that many flaws. Like, he's a great shooter. He's a better shooter than Lowry. Um, He doesn't really finish as well as Lowry. But great pull-up mid-range game. Uh, Still, like, arguably the best passer in basketball still. Like, he's still got it. His defense is still good, even at six feet tall. He's basically just better Kyle Lowry. And now, like, he's not even, like, overpaid anymore because he's not making, like, $45 million. He's making, like, 28 So, not that that affects this list, but that's just good for the Suns. Chris Paul's great. I contemplated having him as high as four because I have uh, four, five, and six. They're on the same tier to me. Uh, at number five, I have Kyrie Irving. I know some people are going to think Kyrie Irving is the shooting guard and James Harden is the point guard, and it's like that's based on like the play style, right? Where you assume the point guard is the facilitator, but that's not how that works, right? The Lakers facilitator was LeBron, but he's not a point guard. Like we're beyond this. Basketball is pretty positionless. I kind of go by like your size, and eh, not your size, but I don't know. I don't go by based on how many assists you average, right? That's not how that's not how this works. So. To me, Kyrie's the point guard. Harden will be on the shooting guards list. Uh, anyone who's not on this list that you think like could be a shooting guard, they're probably a shooting guard, right? Shea Gilders Alexander's not on this list because he's a shooting guard. Um, is there anyone else who I'll just I'll just name some point guards who aren't on this list because they're point guards or like despite defending their point guards, right? Ben Simmons, he's not going to be on another list. He just didn't make mine. Sorry. Like he's he's like so bad in the playoffs. I just can't. Uh, Mike Conley, he did not make my list. Um, Drew Holiday, he did not make my list. He was also really bad in the playoffs mostly on offense. His defense was pretty good, but, like, oh, my God. He had a couple really good games, and, like, the rest of the games, like, on offense was, like, just terrible. People forget that because the Bucks won, but, oh, my God. Drew Holiday would have been such a scapegoat if they lost. Anyway, back to Kyrie. I got a little distracted. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Kyrie as being like the most skilled player in basketball, but like if he really was the most skilled player in basketball, he'd be the best player in basketball, or at least close to it, right? Because you know there could be players who are like close to his skill, but like way better, like physically. And Kyrie, you know, he's like a six-two point guard, but no, Kyrie, he's not that nice, but he's really nice, right? He just had a fifty-forty-ninety season. He's like the ninth player to join that list, or something ridiculous like that. Like, offensively amazing. Could cook anybody 1v1. Finish, he can score from all three levels. He's kind of like a six foot two Kevin Durant, basically. Like, if Kevin Durant was six foot two, he'd be kind of like Kyrie. So, Kyrie makes the number five spot. Um, and the reason, like, what kind of separates these next four players is that they all have the ability to score at an elite level and facilitate at an elite level. Uh, I know Westbrook, like, statistically is kind of like that, but Westbrook is, like, way more inefficient than these other guys, so Westbrook isn't really there. Paul's an elite facilitator, not an elite scorer. Kyrie's an elite scorer, not an elite facilitator. But I do have Trey with the Kyrie and Paul tier at the same time, so I'm kind of hypocritical, but I'm going with it. 
At number four, I have Trey Young. Like I just said, uh, he really, I wasn't sure if he would be good in the playoffs. I've always been really high on Trey and I've been on the trade train. I had them beating the Knicks, but I didn't have them, the Hawks beating Philly because I just thought like Ben Simmons is like so big. Like what, what is Trey Young going to do there? And like nobody can guard him bead, but the Hawks really showed out despite Bogdanovich being hurt and Hunter being hurt, all that stuff. So that was really impressive. But yeah, Trey Young's here because he's the only player here besides like someone else who's going to pop up a little bit later who has an argument to be like top three on this list in both scoring and facilitating, which is nuts. He is the worst defender on this list, but there's a lot of pretty bad defenders here. You know, it's mostly like small point guards. So I don't care about that. And he showed, you know, really great playoff resilience. Like his game held up in the playoffs. He was really good. You know, most of these players, not most, but some of these players, like when playoff time comes, like they're just not as good. You know, it's natural. Playoffs are harder. Like, I don't know how good De'Aaron Fox is going to be in the playoffs. I guess we'll see one day, but Trey Young, I know, is legit. Uh, next is Damian Lillard. Lillard is someone whose playoff reputation is, like, super overrated, and he's usually pretty bad in the playoffs. He was really good last year. Last year was, like, probably his best playoffs, even though he lost in the first round. Like, statistically, that was his best showing. Like, that 55-point game was electric. Like, Lillard, he's probably the second... Nah, I'm, fr- I'm not going to say that. But Lillard is amazing. He's the second-best shooter on this list. Uh, he's an elite scorer, you know. Elite athlete still. Terrible defender, but he's still a good passer. Like, offensively, he can really do it all. Uh, number two, we got Luka Doncic. So that kind of gives away who's number one, right? Because I'm sure, like, people are thinking, oh, like, who's number one? Like, is it Luka or, or Steph Curry, right? That's the other guy. Luca or Steph, because I think those guys are like relatively close. I know some people are going to be like, the Steph Curry fans will be insulted by that. I'm like, how dare you compare Stephen Curry to Luka Doncic instead of Michael Jordan? You know, because that's how Steph Curry fans are. Like, they think he's the best thing since sliced bread. But yeah, I got Luca at two and Steph at one. Uh, Luca will probably pass Curry. Well, I mean, he will obviously eventually pass Curry because like Steph will retire before Luca's done. But yeah, Luca in the playoffs was like so good both times last year and the year before. It's really hard not to put him at one. But Steph just had such an amazing year. You know, he averaged 32 points per game. He honestly was the best player in this regular season, but MVP isn't about that. It's about regular season record, too. And because of that, Jokic was the obvious MVP. But if it was just like who had the best statistical year? Steph Curry would have won it, but it's not that. So he wasn't the MVP. Luca is a lot of people's MVP favorites going into next year, so we'll see about that. But I think Luca and Curry are relatively close. At least I think Luca is closer to Curry than Lillard. But yeah, all these guys are great. I think like the first four names are like all NBA level players. I know Kyrie and Paul just made the all NBA team. But, you know, injured seasons and stuff. I think, like, normally... Although, you're supposed to have six guards. Yeah, I think Curry in, like, a normal season, Curry, Luka, Lillard, Trey would make All-NBA. Some point guards. Uh, we'll get to shooting guards later. But, yeah, and these other guys, right? Like, they... Uh, who is it? Kyrie, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Those are, like, all-star caliber. And then Fox, Lowry, Morant are, like, borderline all-star. 
those are the I guess like if you want to like label the tiers like that. But I don't even have it tiered like that. I have like Curry and Luca. Then I have like Lillard by himself, and then Trey, Kyrie, and Paul, and then Russ and Fox, and then Lowry and Morant. Uh, and next week we will do shooting guards. So don't worry about James Harden or Shea Gilgis Alexander. They will be on the top 10 shooting guards list. I'm not sure if there's any other shooting guards who some people would think are point guards in case there's confusion. I think it's just those guys. I guess we'll see what we get there because then I'll have to actually like look at shooting guards and make my list because I don't have it made yet. Um, I know who's number one, but otherwise I don't know who else is on the list. I'm sure you guys know who's number one too. Shooting guard is one of the most boring positions, to be honest, because there's like one elite player, like elite, elite, and then the rest of them are like pretty good. There's like four players who are like basically the same, and it's kind of personal preference. I don't know. It's just a, it's a pretty weak position in basketball. It's the weakest position in basketball. Point guard's arguably the strongest, and shooting guard is definitely the weakest. But that is it for this week's On and Start Off podcast. I hope you enjoyed my rankings, my DeAndre Jordan rant, and talking about some Hall of Fame because I honestly did not know they were going to do it this soon. I thought that was going to be for another few months, but you don't want to like have it all backed up because in 2021 it got backed up, so it makes sense. Kind of funny to have two Hall of Fame classes going within like six months of each other, but it is what it is. Hope you guys enjoyed. This is Tom Eisenberg, and I will see you guys again next week.